When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk. Dan, Michael and no Moscow White today. Rob's in from the subs bench because Moscow's not feeling too great. No, and he won't stop going on about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's basically a cold for about a week and, well, you'd, you'd think it was a lot worse. <laughs> to be fair, we, we know how bad man flu can be, don't we? We do know. Propaganda is the podcast where we find out what's been said about Leeds United by our fans, by opposition fans, and we find out what's going on in the wild, wider world of football uh, as well. well. We'll get to all that. Just the way that we're recording this, and this is getting released on Tuesday, the 5th of April, um, we are going to speak about Chris and Kevin, because this is the anniversary, the 22nd anniversary of their death in Istanbul. We're going to talk about that as a, as an issue on the main show, which we are recording straight after this, but we'll be out on Wednesday. But we just wanted to acknowledge it at the start of this show and just say that our thoughts with the uh, the family and friends of Chris and Kevin today on this really, really difficult day and uh, and into the show. Right, so uh, reflections on Southampton. We obviously solicit for feedback from our TSB Plus members. We got loads of feedback for Wolves, didn't we? Loads. That was exciting. It was very thrilling. What did we get for this, Michael? No one interested this week. No. Uh, I'd say about a quarter, a fifth or something of the of the amount of feedback that we got against Wolves. Glory is, hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Fair weather bastards. Yeah. Uh, we love you all, TSB Plus <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> I think in a way it just sort of captured the game a bit because it was it was not thrilling, was it? It was ordinary. Well, the, the thought on the match ball was that we were a bit subdued, and I think it's just this is what a normal sort of Premier League draw feels like. And I know there's still quite a lot of jeopardy attached to the season in terms of relegation and that, but surely it was always going to be the case that after the madness of Norwich and then Wolves on top of that compounding it, that at some point there was going to be a crash after all that uh, that adrenaline. I feel quite reassured by all this feedback because I, at Ellen Road on Saturday, I was a bit like, is this a bit crap? <laughs> and people around me were kind of trying to be positive, you know, it's a draw, further away from relegation. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm just in kind of a post Bielsa gloom still. And then I watched it back and I thought, eh, maybe not as bad as I thought. But then reading this feedback, I think, no, I was justified in how I felt actually. <laughs> yeah, the comments are sort of broadly about the style, aren't they? The ones that we've got in. Uh, a number of people just... Picking up on the stuff we mentioned on the match ball, narrow formation, a bit more percentage type football versus the sheer beauty we saw from Marcelo Bielsa. I think, I think Sai is on the fence, actually, when you read his comments. Sai, to give him his gonna, full name. Are you going to address his full... Sai, we should be leaving a message on MB's answer phone, begging him to come back, says, 
five games into Marsh's tenure and I've seen enough. We have the American hecking bottom. He has the team running around like headless chickens. The only reason we have seven points is that we're a Duracell equivalent of headless chickens. Thanks to Bielsa. And mark my words, once they are normal headless chickens, after all the day, extra days off, pizza nights and takeaways from Greg's, we will be bottom three dross. Playing shite to watch kick and rush headless chicken press football that gets you relegated. <laughs> right. It's an opinion, I suppose. It is an opinion, and we'll call we'll just call him Cy from now on. Cy from now on. Because Cy, we should be leaving messages on Marcelo Bielsa's answer phone, begging him to come back. Feels like a bit of a mouthful. Mm-hmm. I can see where yeah. he's coming from. And yeah. what, what I will say is the, the hacking bottom team didn't press. They didn't do anything. No, they didn't have any plan whatsoever. <laughs> At least we have some kind of tactic. Hacking bottom looked like Sunday league teams I've played for where they just go, we have a team talk at the start and you go, you're playing there, you're playing there, you're playing there. Just go out, give it your best, lads. And <laughs> keep talking. Fergus McLeeds picks up on a on a good point saying it makes me sad and pine for Bielsa Ball. Me too. There were moments in the stadium on Saturday when I thought, all right, this is where we go wide. And you know, like I think the, the perfect encapsulation of it was um, when Melier had the ball and I ex- expected him to throw it to the fullback or the wing. And as we know from what Marsha said like post-match is that we, we, the fans, we need to learn about his football. And he was saying, you know, they're going to have to realise we need to go down to 70 from 100, not up to 150 all the time. And it just made me lament the mm. loss of something that was thrilling. And I know it cost us on occasions, but bloody hell, it was good fun, wasn't it? I think the kindest thing I can say about the Saturday is that they looked like a team very much used to playing one way, learning how to play yeah. another way. And it's the same in the stands as well, like the fans are the same. And then even in commentary, I watched back the LUTV footage and that exact moment, Brinlaw goes, well, Leeds aren't going to hang around here, are they? And then you can see Lorenzo going absolutely mental, going, calm down, calm down, yeah. which is kind of ironic coming yeah. from here. <laughs> um, and yeah, everyone's just got to kind of get used to that. But and, and also like that moment, about two minutes later, we scored. But in between, those two minutes in between, we kind of had some patient build-up play, which led to a chance, but then we missed it. Southampton counter-attacked and it ends with Liam Cooper heading the ball away when he's lying on the floor. And sometimes I think, yeah, that's what we're good at, is the madness. Let's just do that. It suits them, I think. Mm. The, the tension of wanting us to push forward and remembering that earlier in the season we kept pushing forward and we kept getting absolutely dicked is an awkward bit of it because yeah. almost your memory it's tough, focuses more sometimes on the goals we've scored from it. When you, when you see a situation like that developing, you're like, oh, just give it wide now and, you, and we can break. And not the time when, you know, it was chipped out to Stuart Dallas and he was under pressure and he gave it to Ailing and Ailing slipped and they scored or whatever whatever's happened on countless occasions this season. And it, it just looks a bit safer, which I'm not surprised because he's, I mean, maybe this isn't full marsh ball yet either because he's been brought in to keep us up. He was given a 12 games, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like a 12 game mini season and coming into a team that was hemorrhaging goals every single week and to just make it a bit more sensible is probably... Probably not a bad idea, and I guess the idea, it looks more like now when we attack that we're going to rely upon not throwing everyone forward, but relying on the likes of Rafinha and James and Harrison to just pull something out. that we, Those those four alone might be good enough rather than having eight players all attacking at yeah. once. And it is safer, and we didn't look regularly stretched in this game, which was, I guess, compared to the away performance at Southampton, which admittedly was only 1-0, but you know, we, could have been 10. we got, we <laughs> we got, got pretty, we did get pretty well battered that day, and there were enormous spaces for them to run through. This, it was quite attritional and particularly the second half was very, very scrappy. Yeah. It, it was, but we did get a point. Bamford was in commentary for LUTV and he was describing Leeds as players. It's like a net. We're a net over their team when we try and press. Oh, there's a net over our team, sorry. So they're all yeah. really close together. And when, they, when we win the ball back, 
it's much easier for the players to link up because they're all stood next to each other, basically. But the problem is Southampton were doing the exact same thing. It's so very, had, very congested. So there was just it? two nets getting tangled up, basically, and everyone was stood next to each other. I mean, just to add uh, a further comment in what Fergus McLeeds said, it was uh, started with this comment by saying, nice in a way to have a nice dull score draw. And I think that's it. It's the two sides of the coin, isn't it? Like we're having to just, we're having to unlearn all the fun stuff <laughs> mm. because it was it was more high risk. And I think it goes back to what you're saying there, right? It's a, just a numbers game as it was with Bielsa. We know Bielsa's system was six forward, four back. Now, if you do that, you leave yourself more susceptible to getting hit on the counter as we saw loads and loads of times earlier in the season. But it's dead fun watching six players pile <laughs> forward, isn't it? And trying to score. But um, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll get used to it. And I'm sort of, I think I'm coming to terms with the idea of a, a spell of more pragmatic football. If that, is what it takes to cement ourselves in the middle of this godforsaken awful Premier League, then, <laughs> then so be it. Well, we, can be, we can be miserable, this miserable every year. I mean, ultimately, yeah, ultimately, people just want to see winning football, don't they? Really? And yeah. that's where Bielsa's football kind of transcends it. It was, it was beautiful, albeit very flawed at times. But it was winning as well. Yeah. That was the, that yeah. was the other thing. It, we never had to... It only stopped winning for a really short space of time, so it feels like the majority of the sample size is, well, this works and it was brilliant. Yeah, the, the majority of it was was exceptional and then this season was fairly mediocre for large portions but you could also there were reasons for it there was Bamford out there was for Calvin out Cooper's out and then towards the end there was obviously the run of defeats and it was hard to see where the next win was going to come from even against teams that weren't particularly good because like looking back at that Everton game when they absolutely destroyed us like Everton are terrible they were a really really bad side and they were they were no better then than they are now and you kind of think well I don't know maybe maybe this was necessary but it's it doesn't make it easier to watch when you can when you've got very fresh in the mind the kind of the sweeping play of Bielsa. Then you've got you've got just you know twenty two men stood in the middle of a field twatting the ball at each other from a foot away. It's <laughs> like it, a pinball table. It is a little bit. It is a bit <laughs> jarring to yeah. watch. I mean, people have identified confidence like uh, Yorkie Dave, Gouldeek, his Nobo's kneecap, all picking out the issue of confidence in in the team. And I, I think it's, it is what you said, Rob. It's the team finding its way rather than lacking confidence I mean Yorkie Dave says we're so controlled by our brittle confidence why can't we just kill teams off when we go ahead instead of being so leads and letting teams back at us I think though I think that's just a bit of a misconception about what like mid-table-ish sides do it's not that you are sort of just a bit mediocre and sometimes it works like sometimes you'll look great sometimes you'll look porous at the back and terrible and you kind of sawtooth between the two extremes don't you and it's when it, you know you stop sawtoothing that you start to move up the table and you become better it's just about where you sort of average falls, you know, on that kind of, if, if you imagine a graph of these are the good bits, these are the bad bits, and we sort of trying to just get the average up somewhere, mm. somewhere towards the middle. And also not killing teams off isn't a new problem. We did that for three and a half years under Bielsa really in the Championship. I know last season in the Premier League was maybe a bit different, but we never get the second goal, do we, when we, yeah. when we really, really need it. And also like teams do, opposition teams will have a period where they look dangerous. And because it's the so, Premier League. Yeah, exactly. it's, really, it's really, really difficult. I mean, like you could look at Southampton and say they are the archetypal mid-table mediocre Premier League side and that's basically where we're trying to be. So it's no surprise that it looked like it did, I think, on Saturday. Mm, I think as well, if you're looking at those spells, those good spells that teams will have in this league, I guess the way Marsh has a set up is to come through those without being 3-0 down, which is what has been happening recently. And it, and it was even happening last year in some games when at the Arsenal game, for example, were they three up or four up by half time? I can't remember what was that happened. It just felt like the one at Christmas. 
I can't remember what it was. The past two years has been such. The past two years is all a blur. But like even the even the Fulham game at the start of last season that we were fully in control of, they had one little spell and they got right back into it. And the way Scum were able to blow us away in in shop in the start of the game last season as well, and the the spell they had after Ailing's goal this season, it feels like there there have been bits of games where it's completely got away from us because of the way we play and because we don't because we haven't ever tried to adjust the way we play well, it's like it's like look at Matip's goal at Anfield when they just waltzed through the middle mm-hmm. through that, those acres of space and it's like we're saying please do something to counteract that and, and now we are by putting everyone in the middle of the, of the of the field so it's not as exciting it's not as beautiful but it's probably going to work a bit better than having oh, nobody there Yeah. although the, the problem is with Liverpool you probably still lose that game 2 now. Like Watford did, you can you can be nice and yeah, structured but, against them. But the argument is, is then eventually you turn as you get better players, you turn that two 0 into a draw, and then mm. you turn that. But find, where's the joy? In it? <laughs> but it's not. There's no joy in it. It's the Premier League. It's awful, I, isn't it? That's kind of the thing about discussing tactics though, and things like that. Like, it doesn't matter what your plan is if you do it badly, you get beat and it looks crap. Like mm. there were times at the weekend where the nets didn't work and they had loads of space and they were countering on us. And and Bamford himself said it in commentary. Like, yeah, if if the net doesn't work and you don't win the ball back immediately there's a lot of space for the opposition. So we kind of just yeah. swap in one mm-hmm. way of potentially getting beat for another. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's about like the the price of ridiculous players in this league. And like people, I think, are a bit antsy this year because we don't yet have a good enough squad to compete properly in the Premier League. Like we, we were sort of given it was a bit of a false dawn in a way, wasn't it, by finishing ninth. So suddenly you start looking up the table thinking, well, where do we go from here? Where next? And actually, we just need to cement ourselves in the division, don't we? And to do that, we have to go through this process of getting the 20 to 25 million pound players, hoping that as many of them as possible work. And that's just the price of a, of a bog standard Premier League football. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Dan James as a perfect example. Was it Moscow who said in his, uh, in his match report, if Dan James could finish, he'd be one of the most dangerous players in world football, but he can't finish and he loses his mind when he gets into advanced positions. And that's why he costs 25, yeah. 27 million mm-hmm. and not 50 million or 60 million. Because you're talking about one of the most complete footballers on the planet, and aren't you? But we're not. We're at the minute we've got um, a, a sort of uh, an advanced Darren Huckabee. <laughs> Bless it. Oh yeah, Huckabee's the he kind of is the mark at the moment, isn't he? But I do still like Dan James. I think he's yeah, I um, do. I think he works dead mm, hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see why we've got him. I'd just like to see him play more games on the wing rather than yeah. down the middle. Although um, that means we'll probably sell Rafinha, which is <laughs> so we'll get to see that next season on the tactics at the moment. I just don't know where. I'm never sure how much to praise or criticise them because I'm aware it's it's early. It's a work in progress. And like Rob's yeah. saying, if if you lose, your tactics always look shit. Mm. Like you can, it's, it's a bit like I was saying to someone the other week. It's a bit like when you've if you go abroad and you've got like a your phrase book and you've got something lined up to say, and on paper it's this is going to be good because you know what you're yeah. saying. But then they reply with something that's not in the phrase book, and you go, "Oh, I don't know now." Like <laughs> I was, so, you're in, meant English, eh? you're uh, meant you're meant to say. At this point, you should say, "See, si, Senor." Turn left in the town hall. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but, but then you just go, "Okay, well, that's that's not worked." It, si, seemed, si, uh, bueno. it, it uh, seemed like a good idea. So, dos, dos cerveza, por favor. I mean, you could say, you know, recent form, two wins and a draw. I mean, all years. All I mean, like I say, it's they've been madness. Points on the board, isn't it? I was talking about like the pragma- pragmatic angle of it. It ain't going to be fun, is it? Particularly when you you're scrambling for your life. And, I'd, I, you know, you see what Everton are trying to do. Like, for example, do you see that goal that Everton let in? Was it the second one at West Ham when they were just mm. dicking about with it out from the back and just lost possession near halfway? I mean, if we did that, I'd be furious. <laughs> Absolutely furious to concede possession like that and just waltz straight through. And then, was it Bowen who got the second ball mm. from, on the rebound from the keeper or whatever? Just pathetic, wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, I was going to call him Bamford then. Uh, Lampard has um, 
has got them playing a slightly more expansive style and you do wonder is that going to get them out of it I hope not yeah hopefully not. <laughs> it's, it's hysterical the way it's going it yeah. must be said uh, yeah Sally picking up um, saying it was a missed opportunity though because of the where they are in the table and it's I guess these are kind of your easiest did you say Sally then because I think that's a salty <laughs> just say salty <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> S, that does say salty. It does anyway. You, you're quite right. Salty Sally. Yeah. That's what I call her. Um, yeah, I suppose on reflection, maybe we should have won. But because results elsewhere weren't for us, it's one of those where you can look at it and just think, it feels like we're just trying to rub weeks out at the moment. If, yeah. every, if every week just goes, you can look at it and go, okay, well, no one's, no one's gained anything on us. It's fine. It's another game down. It's less opportunity for, for anyone else to get close to us. And points are kind of fine. I know, I know... <laughs> I know we, it would have been a perfect opportunity, as we've said many times, to get completely out of this with a win. But the, ch- the chances are we're going to stumble to safety. Chances are. I mean, we could yet get pulled back into it, but I don't know. I, I guess that sort of slightly subdued feeling from the Southampton game reflects that people know we're probably going to be all right, but it's still a little bit too close for comfort. This is kind of what we've been asking for all season. Though. Yeah. All season we've been saying, this is terrifying. It's so stressful. I feel like I'm going to collapse at any moment. Mm. And then like after the Wolves game, I had friends texting me who aren't Leeds fans. So I'm going, that was amazing. And I was just like, what a stupid football club I feel. And they were like, enjoy it. You've won. And I was like, I'm exhausted like physically. Like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah, you, can, you can't do it every week, can you? But, then, like, but then we didn't have that at Southampton. It's like, oh, bloody crap that, wasn't it? <laughs> you should just win. That's, that was the problem. <laughs> we should have won. And, and in fairness, we, we, I mean, we could have won. I think we'll come to the Southampton fans in a bit, but our opinion and their opinion for once he's pretty much aligned on it everyone just sort of went yeah just a draw in it just just a game yeah um, one thing we did, I don't think we mentioned on the on the match ball because we tended to focus on the game but um, the Chris and Kev tribute on 22 minutes the um, the turning of the back was greeted with their applause when it had finished mm. Southampton fans so credit to him for that to the game itself then other people picking out well meh M-E-H meh <laughs> is, uh, is probably if you were to sum it up in a single word guess this is just life after Bielsa. Yeah, meh, it's probably about right for what happened on Saturday. I mean, talking about Southampton as well, there was no really villains from their team that you could even get angry at, really. And mm, James Ward-Prowse have been good at his job. Yeah, you can't really get too angry at that, can you? And no. even the ref, I know there were a few complaints, but I was kind of like, bah. Yeah, a couple of people... Annoying, but... A couple of people did pick out the um, the penalty call, actually, Yeah, as well. we didn't really talk about that, did we, as, uh, that much? And it was, by the way, early on in the game, it was a Urente header. It wasn't Cooper, because I know we weren't mm. sure between, as you said, Urente. I said it might have been Cooper, but no. I was right, obviously. You were right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, there was the Gelhart one towards the end. He's very good at winning, <laughs> winning yeah. penalties. The thing is, this was probably more... Does that fall under the you've seen them given category? Yeah, definitely. If, if it is given, it's not overturned, is it? I would no. say on this one. And the ref didn't give a corner for it either. So he obviously didn't think the defender had touched it. And if mm-hmm. he didn't touch it, he definitely did touch quite a lot of Gellhart. But, but so. I don't I don't think they referee or VAR these things using that sort of like just basic logic. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think they get so probably so twisted up in the application of the rules and the, mm-hmm. the idea of who at what point you can refer it and all that kind of shit. I mean I, I don't even understand it. I can't even explain it exactly what goes it, on, but it falls into the category the, of, a the lot ne- of the netherworld. Of a yeah. Lot, yeah, a lot of penalties of if it's if it's given it's a penalty. If it's not, it's not. Yeah. And VAR won't intervene either way on it. So. Another Bamford moment in commentary was Dorigo and Bryn asking him how the offside rule works. And he went, I don't I don't know. Why are you asking me? Basically. <laughs> there was another good Gellhart decision which I was more pissed off actually where the ball looks like it was running out for a goal kick. He slid in and kicks the mm. ball against the Southampton defender. It was a clear corner. 
the ref gave a goal kick and Joffy ran after him with his hands together like he was praying going, I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear. I, swear. I, saw, I noticed that there was a bit of an exchange between the linesman who was in front of the East stand mm. on that one as well and he had the sun in his eyes and yeah. I think he basically went, I can't, I just can't he, see over there. He did yeah. actually miss a lot. There's a few times where balls went out of play mm. and I just don't, and he didn't really, there was a few times where he was looking at the ref and the ref was looking at him and yeah, maybe he just couldn't see the people they, in the cop shouting, they, put yeah, a cap on. Yeah, and they do that thing of um, of going just with the defending team. Uh, mm. I'm not quite sure which way it is, so I'll give it to the defending team because that's the general sort of rule of thumb, isn't it? Yeah, you're not going to... The thing is, if if you you can't ever say you're going to score from a corner, can you? So, whereas if someone does score and it was the wrong decision, you get you have to have a five-minute section on match of the day. There was a point in that second half, I think it was the second half, yeah, because I saw the line, I looked at the liner, I think because we, uh, we were appealing for offside. Maybe it was the first half, don't care. But... Um, he was miles behind the play, absolutely miles. When I looked at him, he was a good two or three yards behind. I thought, oh, there's no way you could even have seen that. And I, and I know it got people annoyed who were sort of at the cop, cop end northeast corner, but uh, just be faster. I think an awful lot of refereeing is guessing, yeah. which is understandable because it's really difficult. But I think after yeah. the time, they're sort of like, mm, but it's delivered yeah. with the confidence of absolute certainty. Yeah, which I suppose you've got to. It, it doesn't look good if you go to the players. <laughs> I gave them one a minute ago. Let's well, just think, even it up. I think that's why I didn't get too angry at the ref because I do think he was. He sort of recognised when he gave someone a soft decision and then he would give the other team the soft decision, <laughs> which isn't really a, a good way to do it. But you think, well, well you at know, least he's levelled it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all do. Yeah, um, it, was not, it was not very consistent, I didn't think. But. House of Stouts is suggesting there were three penalty decisions in the second half. What's, where was Rafa's went under the radar? That was when he was going for a shot, wasn't it? And the defender mm. kind of got ah, in front of him. And, he's, he, and he, he stayed down. Defender, and he just stayed down, yeah. Uh, which was it? Who did we give a penalty away the other week? And it got overturned it was against Norwich wasn't it where mm. the striker went to kick the ball and he stood on Aylin and the ref gave a penalty and then he got overturned right. so I think yeah, yeah I, I must have all of them even the Gellart one I'd be sort of the thing is it's like a lot of penalty decisions I'm I'm happy to see them not given as penalties if they're always not given as penalties but yeah. Mo Salah wins that penalty about five times a season so I, I want it as well now. Because yeah. <laughs> otherwise it's <laughs> because not fair. I, because I'm an entitled Premier League bastard. <laughs> but it's true that you, it is, but yeah. you, you, the thing is it's got to be it's got to be the same rules for everyone, hasn't it? Yeah. And if, if you see that penalty given, you know, every single week elsewhere, when it happens to you, you do want it. Even if I think that sort of thing. Because what Gallagher does cleverly with the ball, and I've seen him do it loads for the under-23s and he, he did it against Wolves as well. He's quite happy to kick the ball somewhere he knows he won't really get it. But he, knows, body in the but he knows the defender can't get to it either and he'll just make he'll make sure that the ball is nowhere near when the defender makes contact with him and he can win penalties that way because mm. he's a little cheat <laughs> <laughs> but he's our, he's cheat, our little yeah. cheat and an injured cheat as but, it turns out ah, damn and um, their free kick for the goal that James Ward-Prowse um, scored the Canadian Boney M suggests it looked a bit like bullshit and he tripped <laughs> over the ball I haven't seen this back after I haven't watched any replays of this have you Seen it? What there was about three Leeds players trying to foul him before mm. he went down. So are they trying to tackle him though, Rob? Or are they trying to foul him? It looked quite a lot like Adam Farshaw was trying to foul him, to be honest. <laughs> but you didn't answer my question. <laughs> what I want you to say is it was just a tackle. Yeah, it's, okay. it's all quite. Un- it, it looked untidy. Is mm. what I'd say. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Click that fouled him though. No, it wasn't. Is, uh, someone should have a word with Bob. <laughs> it was Ailing, wasn't it? Who got the? Uh, who did the actual foul? I think in the there end. was no foul. The, the, the no foul. Yes, no and uh, Ailing would know one of those. <laughs> Some love from Canadian Boney M actually for players who played well, Rodrigo, Cooper and Rafa. Yeah, it was good to have Cooper back, I think. A lot of people sort of talking him down saying he's our fourth best defender, whereas I think we looked better at the back with him in because he's, he's more of a talker, isn't he? I'd, yeah, I don't, he, he might not be in the top two defenders we've got in terms of ability, but I think 
as a captain and a leader, he's really, really important in that team. And I thought he was really, really good. Some really good interceptions that could have led to goals without him. Mm-hmm. And they uh, tested out his hamstring quite well as well. I think. He's, he's very, which is sometimes why he, leads, he lunges in, is that at the bad end of this. But he's very like, proactive as a defender, is Cooper. Like he will, he will see a ball there and he will go for it. And I think when it works, as it did on the weekend, it makes a big difference to well, us. Sometimes it doesn't, does it? I mean, like the, the one where he did the head ball on the halfway line, which led to mm. the goal in the end, it did look, I mean, we mentioned on the match ball, it did look a little bit suspect at the time, like he got caught the wrong side of the man, but he just battled his way back because mm. it's a contact sport. Mm. I think playing next to Lorente as well, for him to be so calm in that comeback game mm. was quite impressive because Lorente was on an absolute mad one. Again, going back to Bamford, I keep mentioning because I've written about him because I needed him to explain the game to me, basically. But when Lorente was doing the Cruyff turns by the edge of his box, Bamford just went, yeah, I'm going to pretend he meant to do that, which I think <laughs> might be the attitude of the rest of the lead squad towards Lorente. He probably does it in training all the time mm-hmm. and they're like, bloody hell, Diego's doing it again. Uh, Melier gets mentioned as well, probably the, the one to close on here. Big Dave saying that Melier came in for the majority of criticism, but his save versus Adams in the first half is as good as a goal and his distribution slowing down must be tactical. Well, it is. We know that from what Marsh said, don't we? Mm. Um, which is unfortunate because it puts more pressure on Melier. So he's kind of got mm. to keep his head there under those circumstances. I felt really sorry for him. Because in, in that moment when Lorenzo was telling him to calm down, he had Rodrigo calling for the quick throw out. And he, Melier just looks like, can everyone please stop shouting at me now? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and I think maybe you could argue if you wanted to that he was at fault for the goal by virtue of the fact that it went in. You know, So if it goes in, you didn't quite get it right. But you can't save them all is the other side of this as well. And he does produce a brilliant save at least once a game. And it's like we were saying on the tactics, when anything that doesn't work, you get criticised for. If Melier is further towards that side of the goal... It goes the other side. And <laughs> he absolutely just leathers it into the other corner. People yeah. say, well, the wall's covering that side. You should have been stood more to yeah. there. It's what they do on uh, on Match of the Day all the time, isn't yeah. it? Like, Let's, now we know what's happened. Well, why is he not stood there? Why has he not <laughs> gone to the ball? Because well, it's, it's a really... I mean, and It's really difficult playing football. Just said this, I said this on the Match Ball as well, but I've seen... I've checked this watching some some other of his, of his free kicks, and he does hit them in loads of different ways as well as Ward Prowse. He doesn't have a he doesn't have like a house style. He does, but this is that one he scored is probably like his main way of scoring them. But he has also hit them in a variety of different ways into different corners and stuff. Just really good at them. Yeah, I think, I think he practices and everything. I think yeah, everybody in that ground thought, oh, here we go, James Ward Prowse. Mm, yeah. it's perfect for. Uh... Well, Bamford said it, didn't he, on the on the commentary? Yeah, he said Marsh's exact quote of "They're as good as a penalty, aren't they?" Which suggests they've been told in training all week, please don't give away free kicks, kicks on the, on the edge, edge of the box, box because they're <laughs> as good job. as a penalty. <laughs> Great job, guys. Well done, lads. But I mean, overall, it was fine, wasn't it? And, you know, if we get to the end of the season in a, in another few weeks, thank God it's going to be over soon, I have to say. <laughs> thank God it's going to be over soon. Then um, it'll probably look like a decent point gained. If not, it'll be an absolute disaster if we go down. But I think it's fine, isn't it, so far? Southampton aren't a bad side, are they? That's no, the thing. not at all. They're just, they're just fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's... I guess there's and, and we're trying to be just fine. And we're trying to be fine. We're yeah. trying to copy them, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Future's bright. Soon be dead. <laughs> uh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Part two now of the show, where we look at what the opposition fans have been saying about Leeds United's most recent game. In this case, Southampton will also take a little... uh, Swim into the waters of the wider world of propaganda. What else has been going on in football? Where are we starting today, Michael? With boring, boring Southampton fans. Where's the anger? To be fair, there's, there's no anger among Leeds fans about this no, game either. No. After the Wolves, though, it seems like such a come down. Wolves, yeah. like, we could have gone for... They're still angry. We could have gone for hours <laughs> about it. By the way, did you see the uh, the penalty that got given for Watkins jumping into the keeper mm. at Aston Villa? Uh, that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it didn't cost him in the end, did it? No. So the conspiracy didn't... Ah, right. So it didn't the, quite work, did it? Actually? No. The, but yeah, it was a soft pen. Yeah. But you know, that's what you get when you play against Ollie Watkins. He does <laughs> He does do this sort of thing. I can't believe they looked at that and thought, yeah, that's that's definitely a penalty. The keeper's wrong there. Mm. Just shut up. Anyway, <laughs> Southampton. Yeah, there's also not all that much out there from Southampton. They no. don't seem to have like a huge amount of fan channels and stuff. So, But I've done what I can. Okay. Oh, God bless you. It's not... You carry the burden well, Michael. It's, well, not, it's, it's not. It's not brilliant. You like, me, but stay tuned. Listen, <laughs> even if it's not good, you make me proud. We've got some Matlas this year. Anyway, coming up. Oh, great! Just, I'm sure that'll be speaking of conspiracy <laughs> theories, just for something um, off off piste. <laughs> uh, but this, the official Southampton uh, YouTube account has like a fan phoning bit afterwards when right. they speak to some people. This is from that. Great. They thought basically the same as Leeds fans. Oh, well, fine, on it. Whatever. A one-one result was probably a fair result. Um, I think there was good moments for, for both teams. I think, I think um, the formations um, kind of cancelled each out uh, at times in terms of there'd been a lot of bodies within the middle of the field, quite narrow for, for both teams. Even though Southampton had a bit of joy in the second half with Cole Capitas giving Southampton really, really good width. Um, not many opportunities in the game, a few half chances. Um, but yeah, Leeds started very, very well. Real intensity, real purpose and and were the better the team and probably deserved to to go in front. Um, but a good reaction from Southampton in, in the second half. And and, and yeah, it just went on. <laughs> you know. Leeds United went flaccid, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but yeah, uh, noticed it too, the old what did Moscow describe it as? Two penises docking. <laughs> that was it. Attempting to dock. The rutting the rutting cocks <laughs> in the middle of the the pitch. Bumping up against we should, each so we should explain where that reference comes from. It was because uh, Neil Warnock at one stage when he was Leeds manager deployed a very uh, narrow formation, hmm. not dissimilar to this, and we described it as the penis formation, didn't we? Because we had your yeah. fullbacks acting as the sort of wider parts of the balls through the middle and they made a, sort of a big shaft up the middle. Yeah. shaft of Michael Brown yes. and Danny Pugh. Yeah, it's worth contrasting with the, the, the Warnock penis formation because that involved a number of one-paced midfielders. It quite often had like Paul Green, Michael Tong, David Norris, Michael Brown, all wedged in the middle of the pitch. And we've got more about us now. Yeah. It, is, it is worth saying. Are you suggesting are... that Rafinha is better <laughs> than he's, Michael Tong? He's better than Luke Varney. I yeah. think he's... Because he's, sometimes you'd get Varney up front in this version as well, wouldn't you? Dear Lord. It was, 
it was bad. It was. There was I mean, even even if we're a bit underwhelmed with the game on Saturday, better than that shit, wasn't it? A lot better than that shit. Yeah, and it is difficult as the Premier League. <laughs> I'm just glad to be in it when you think about Luke Varney tripping over his own feet in front of the East Stand. That's mm. all. That's mm. all. Um, on to Totally Saints then. What do they cover? Is it mostly Southampton or is it all Southampton? It's, it's, <laughs> it's not Totally Saints. They talk about Leeds a bit. Right, okay. You know, Leeds are on the back of two wins. We're on the back of three defeats. So to um, to stop the rot um, was was decent. And it overall, it was a fair result. It wasn't like we nicked it. Um, I didn't feel like we deserved to win the game. I didn't feel like they did either. The, the second half was really weird. There was lots of um, lots of effort and lots of energy from both teams, but next to nothing when you look at the goalkeepers and, and what they had to do. Um, so I don't think either side deserved to win it. Yeah, fine. Red Bull football really sets the pulses racing, doesn't it? <laughs> it eh? does. Yeah, nothing happens second half, just loads of people. Just got to jitter around off your face on taurine <laughs> and caffeine. That's what did it for... Uh... For old Jack Clark, wasn't it? Apparently, mm. the overdose mm. of Red Bull on the bench. And I mean, they were handing out bottles of Boost outside the car, mm. so could have had a repeat. I mean, it would have been more interesting, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think it's is it Sainsbury's own is called Pink Bolt, Pink Bolt. sugar free. Yeah, I'm a Red Thunder man myself. Yeah. <laughs> Tyson Fury's got his own out now, hasn't he? Has he really? It's like on sale in Iceland or something. Mm, it's in the shop, not the country. Yeah, yeah. or maybe both. Well, maybe. Yeah, I saw I, I saw it in there the other yeah. day. I was, I was buying. From Food Warehouse, I was buying our, our cans of pop that we get through and I did see it in there and I thought, maybe not, maybe <laughs> Al- not. Although we've recently discovered that our drink of choice at the minute, which is Iron Brew Extra, not sponsored to bring you this, by the way, it just happens <laughs> to be whatever's cheap that Michael finds in Food Warehouse. This has got caffeine in it. Mm. Yeah. Get it down, you. Yeah. It's I fine. Did, I did take one of the bottles of Boost because I thought, I'm not drinking today, so I'm going to need something. But did you bring it in case they, like uh, Southampton scored and celebrated in front w- of us? Well, this is a thing. As I was walking into the cop, they made me take the lid off it. And I thought, oh, I wanted to throw that at James Ward Prowse later. But then <laughs> I had about two sips of it and thought, this is actually horrible. Just put it take, take your own supply of caps. Mm. So that's the best way of doing it. <laughs> Let them find some caps. Keep your own caps. Yeah. Uh, just take a look. You could start dealing them. I have. Well, I normally take a dozen in a condom into yeah. the ground with me. <laughs> How do you get them in there? Oh, is that not for this show? I'll show you the pictures. <laughs> or maybe not. Right, um, Totally Saints, I've got another one. Then let's have a listen to this. Bottom line, I think I think we more or less settled for a point. I think we, with with about 20 to go, I think we settled for a point. Ralph threw Nathan Teller on because that's the, you know, let's put a quick player on and try and unsettle them that way. I, I don't think Leeds is back four is that great. I think if we'd have been on a run where we'd won maybe three or four games, we certainly would have put more into winning this game but uh, you know in the last 20 minutes but I think that having lost three games I think we were more than happy with the point and if if we'd have won it would have been a bit of a travesty I think we I think we were probably the team most likely to win it in the second half but didn't do enough for me they've annoyed me by being too fair yeah they are very fair yeah. it was just more of this I listened to loads of it be bitter just more and more fairness and yeah. then talking about Southampton which is yeah. Yeah, whatever but he's right. They had settled for a point. We identified this on the match ball. Um, you get the feeling we sort of had as well. Yeah, we don't, weren't just, really pushing. Just we? don't lose it. I think that that was very much in evidence with them because they they had us on the back foot. But then they were like, ah, well, it's all right. Isn't it? <laughs> well, I think Moscow picked up on it after we brought Phillips on. They kind of went, ah, oh, it's fine. We'll yeah. just draw. I think I said that because it, oh, okay. it was a good point. So I'll take that one. <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough. Whatever, not, whatever he said, he's not here to defend himself. It's so. a claim, is it? And I quite like their approach to their subs as well he's just gone I'll just put someone quick on <laughs> which is it's kind of the more old fashioned way of doing subs isn't it just uh, someone good quick yeah. someone quick tricky someone yeah. who can get in amongst them someone quick or someone big 
They were always mm. the, the classic. Your two options, yeah. They were your options from the bench, weren't they? So, yeah, they were or, in, or in Warnock's case, someone who's on a good uh, appearance bonus. It's, uh, Matt Smith and A.D. White, isn't it? They're the yes. two subs we want. <laughs> or Lee Peltier, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we've come a long way, lads. That's fine. This would have been a League One fixture not too long ago. So let's cherish the fact that it's happening in the Premier League and it was a bit boring. But, um, right, is, is that it for them, for Southampton? Yeah, there's just not... There was no real... There were no angry incidents. I mean, if we'd have got the Gellart penalty, that might have generated a bit of... Yeah, a bit of anger. Just nothing really happened. That, that was the thing. Like after the game, walking around the back of the West Stand and seeing Southampton fans pass us, and it was just like, all right, <laughs> safe trip. Yeah, you've got to, they're like, like getting onto buses back yeah. to Southampton. You Think applauded. A, you applauded as everyone's been very nice today. Yeah. yeah. What's the point in getting a bus all the way to Leeds from Southampton? It to is, just it's a long have an average day out. Yeah, we do need to go to Southampton by the way for the booze baton, which mm. if you are a, a medium term listener, you'll be aware of, which was. It's probably worth explaining. So we started the booze battle started in Leeds, didn't it, at the start of the season? This is the promotion season. Was it the promotion season? It was the promotion season. Yeah. And we said we will have our promotion because we confidently said we'd get promoted that season, which we did, obviously. I don't think I was involved in confidently saying it. <laughs> at a canter. And then we said when we lost, it would then pass to that team and it would work its way around the football yeah. map. And we would have a, a, a drunken, maybe even podcaster said we, we said we'd do. Mm. And via whatever means, it ended up, I think, via the League Cup, didn't it, with Southampton and... Mm. We said we'd end up having a party in, in Southampton and also there was a European version which because I think it broke off via Liverpool that ended up in Munich, didn't it? Or yep. Something like that. So we're supposed to go to Munich and get drunk. We're supposed to go to Southampton and get drunk. We've done neither. There was a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, that sort of inter- that did interrupt it and spoil yeah. things a bit. And, one, and one arguably it spoiled more than just the booze baton. I think there were bigger things <laughs> at play probably. But this was, you know, that's this was a, one of the casualties of it. So I don't know. It feels like now the... the I mean, do we want to go to Munich? Would they, I suppose we were going to go... Munich's brilliant. We were going to go and reclaim our European Cup, weren't we? Was yeah. the other thing. We're going to Wales, aren't we? Well, I was going to say, instead of, instead of going and getting drunk and doing a podcast, we are doing a charity walk, aren't we? So, yeah. Which is better, which is more important. We're only in Wales for about five minutes of that walk as well. It's, it's very, very close to the border. I think yeah. I think it's about four, five miles in we cross back into England. I like saying we're walking from Wales, but I don't really tell anyone. From <laughs> <It's> some, <laughs> Cardiff-ish, yeah. somewhere down there. It's all, Pem- the Pembroke coast, just up a bit. Uh, yeah. almost, anyway. almost the same. Right, let's get into this batshit stuff then. Yes, this is Matt Letizia. If you follow Southampton's greatest ever footballer. If you're not familiar with Matt Letizia, what a talented guy he was. Stayed at Southampton all his career, didn't he? Then mm. Legendary number seven. Everyone's saying you should get a moved to a so-called bigger club because you then, you know, England career, win trophies and stuff. But he stayed there, which was to his credit. And he's he's one of those players, I guess because he played for Southampton, who were quite a, they're an inoffensive club, aren't they, I guess. Who are their rivals? Uh, who hate Portsmouth. Portsmouth yeah. other, other than to Portsmouth fans, maybe Brighton, do they get involved? No. Plymouth? I don't know Brighton if any, is Palace, isn't it? I don't know if they've got any other South Did Coast beef. There was that weird flex, wasn't there, like the, the Monday night game, Palace against Arsenal. So the Palace fans were booing Ben White because of his connections to Brighton. Oh, who cares honestly <laughs> but yeah because Southampton were, have always been quite inoffensive Matt Letizia was dead good I feel like he was one of those players growing up that everyone liked like mm-hmm. I used to like him he's got I'm pretty sure a goal of his was applauded once at Ellen Road because mm. he just did, he used to if you've never seen him play just go watch his compilation on YouTube yeah. some absolutely amazing goals like twatting him in from 30 yards in off the bar I mean, honest, if you are going to consume anything on YouTube with Letizia in it go for that rather than yes yeah, order by date Ignore everything from the last couple of years completely, would be he, my advice. He's one of those classic men who has an opinion with a capital O to try and get some sort of, I don't know, some sort of validation. I'm trying to psychoanalyse him here, but he's just a fucking idiot. He was big into 5G masts, wasn't he, when they started going up. <laughs> he's or, one of those, coming down. He's one know. of those Twitter twats who'll say, who'll, who'll post an article or whatever and goes, makes you think, doesn't it? 
Well, that's what this interview is. He's on the AJ Roberts show. Now, I don't know who AJ Roberts is. Uh, other scum than, fan. Other than he's, he's a scum fan. You, you can Because I listened to an hour of this. I have I didn't really want to... Has it changed your opinion on anything? Um, well, the thing is with a lot of these, with a lot of conspiracy theories, there are little germs of truth in it. They'll be like, you know, we are being... There are kind of powerful interests at play that control certain things. That's That's kind of understood. But then it goes off in weird directions mm. sometimes and to the point where you say it about everything and you can't you every everything you told you just go well really though and you think that you think in doing that you're being clever mm. and you're not what you're doing is you're applying that to everything yeah rather than any, having any level of critical thinking about the things you do believe you're saying everyone else believes this which is stupid so i'm just going to believe this which is my version of yeah. that i've heard your expertise but here's my confidence exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like yeah, you would. In fact, one of the, I can't remember the, pe- the people they had on. I was looking through some of the names because I didn't recognize most of the people they've had on as guests, other than, right, said Fred. Ah, but, I see the. Uh, um, who were similarly down this this line. Which of, is your favorite, right, said Fred song? Because we've had, we actually, when we've been doing the Matchball 30, which obviously goes from 1990 to 1992, right in the sweet spot for right, said Fred. Mm-hmm. They had number ones during that era. We've kind of been trying to date stamp it with, you know, some of the, the stuff that happened in the charts. There was a thing called the charts once, by the way, kids. Um, that was quite significant. And Wright Said Fred did do well. We're just listening to some Wright Said Fred in the break between recording, weren't we? I mean, listening. You're underselling yourself there. I just walked into the room and you were both, I could hear it blaring (laughs) through your headphones and you were both belting your hearts out to it. It was brilliant. And Michael, you've been auditioning for Wright Said Fred for some time. I have, I have. Uh, I'm glad I never got in, to be honest, (laughs) given the direction they've gone in. When it was just a nice, a nice happy jolly romp about to some uh, really mediocre singing. Great fun. The way they've gone since. Not not necessarily for you. Yeah, so the Wright Said Fred on, and then two other people have had are these, um, they're not doctors, but they're people with medical opinions. Are they very confident? Yes. Very confident. And when you look, when, when I looked them up, it was just loads of people saying, these people are dangerous. <laughs> actual people with people with actual scientific backgrounds yeah. going like what they're saying is is really really the worst advice. Do not listen to them at all. So they've had him on and Matt Letizia. So the, it goes from people who are the scientific community to right said Fred via a, a good nineties footballer in Matt Letizia. And just before we, we play this, maybe you're slightly down a wormhole. You have particular beliefs around it. And you'll tweet some annoyance at us at this. Don't care. <laughs> just, just a daft knockabout, innit? We're just having a laugh. And also, like, the thing about the whole point of this is we need to be questioning stuff. Yeah. We need to be, you know, not believing what the stuff we're fed. And then they are themselves feeding lies. Like, there was a bit they talk about, they're talking about heart attacks in football and all that that side of things, you know, Christian Eriksen, yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah. That, all that sort of stuff, which had its own, it, you know, questions that should be asked. Yep. Granted, look into it. Let people look into it who, who understand these things. But one of the things they said very confidently was that four players had had to pull out of the Australian Open tennis because of heart problems. Just not true. You can Google it, and two of them were never going to play in the tournament. One of them had COVID a few weeks before and was ill, and I think someone else was injured. It's like... Right. But really confident, like, I mean, and yeah, and the, the, obviously the four people pulled out of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Australian Open tennis. Makes you think, doesn't Makes it? Makes you think, doesn't it? It's yeah. like, well, it, it does. It made me think to Google it and then go, oh, right, okay. Mm. I mean, I noticed, nothing in that. I noticed that um, Joffey... He got injured, didn't he, at the under-23s on uh, mm. on Monday night. Makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you think. Does make you think. Let's Dark forces at play. So yeah, this, uh, so the, the, the voice you're going to hear is AJ Roberts, who is a scum fan, and sounds a little bit like David Brent. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. And then all of a sudden, things happen in Russia and Ukraine, and the same day, it's like, yeah, we drop everything. Right on that day as well, wasn't it? Right and on it, the day that we had all the restrictions come off, Yeah, the war starts, and you're like, oh, 
Exactly, and I think again, funny, when you talk it? about questioning things, yeah, that the fact they can just drop everything when it was only six weeks before, they are literally like, guys, cases are doubling yeah. every day. Omicron's rife. Omicron is scary. If you, if you don't if you don't want to die, get boosted, and then six weeks later, it's like restrictions all down, and there's no talk of any of it. It's all it's all all pointing to Russia being some psychopathic enemy. Yeah, here's the new scary thing that we need you to be scared about. Don't worry about the other stuff now. This is it. Ah, whatever. Makes you think, doesn't it? I generally don't know what the fuck they're on about, to be honest. <laughs> the whole thing's like that. I mean, we talk we talk some shit to fill time on these shows now and again, but... I think the theory there is something along the lines of we were only allowed to drop masks because Russia were about to go to war mm. with Ukraine. And we, we couldn't concentrate on both things at once. And that's why we were allowed... It's like, it's like trying to um, is it pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time. Can't do that. I mean, the makes, obvious, makes you think, Michael. The obvious reason for dropping masks when we did is because the government needed a, a distraction from parties and stuff, and then the Russia stuff happened as well. Yeah, but it makes you think, doesn't it? But it makes you think. Makes you think, doesn't it? What else happened around that time? <sighs> Pat Bamford's foot, makes probably you think. makes you think. Mm. Could be linked. I, I have actually seen some nutcase linking that plantar with all the other stuff. I'm not going to say it because the algorithm will start to punish us <laughs> if we're not careful. But just <laughs> what I will just say is, if that's your greatest ever player makes you think doesn't it it's so sad wasn't it imagine if Gordon Strachan was doing this or, <laughs> or someone you know someone who, who I we, mean he's not said he's said some quite he has strange things recently and just and yeah. just to reiterate if you share these opinions and you tweet us don't care yeah we, we I will ignore you if just, you don't, just, don't I don't want to watch your YouTube video don't send me it yeah. please well you'll just be ignored and laughed at so let's move on to the wider world of propaganda yeah that's enough that was enough Southampton for one week I think yeah, that, I, I'm very tired now. As well, I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like Letitia as well, completely at odds with what I found from listening to the other Southampton fans. Like, what, what was it called? Totally Saints. There were four of them on there. One was the guy from the totally, Athletic who was, totally sensible. who was guesting on there. You'd happily go for a pint with all of them. Seemed really nice, very sensible. And then you get to Matt Letitia and you think, you poor bastard. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to deal with that. And if you ever meet Matt Letitia, you know you'd be just trying to chat to him about tell me about that volume oh, yeah when you scored that last, the last ever goal at Adele like what was it like and he'd just be going well it's makes ruined you, now because, makes you think doesn't it mm, makes you think why didn't I go anywhere why did they demolish the Dell? <laughs> fear <laughs> fear that the chocolate watch sta- box stand at the end was going to collapse yes but on to Everton Kieran Rance who's an Everton man oh, is that his actual surname or is that his style <laughs> that's his it's his, YouTube determining it's, his, it's his YouTube account name it, it may be his real name too can we hear it He's just getting it. They're, they're starting to turn on Frank a little bit, which is nice. And you know what? Looking at the performance today, it was probably the best away performance we've had under Lampard. That's only because under Lampard, every single away performance from, well, Bar today was a zero out of 10. You know, 5 0 against Spurs, 4 0 against Palace, 2 0 against Southampton, 3 1 against Newcastle, all with zero out of 10s. So, I don't know why we're we're going to be complimenting Lampard and complimenting any of the players today. I can't. I can't do it because they're not good enough. Nice to actually hear a scouser on the Everton channels because we've tended to find loads that are not from Liverpool. Mm, the Brummy one's curious. Mm. But um, yeah, good. They're starting to realise. <laughs> they're putting the pieces together. Yeah. The, um, the It doesn't need a conspiracy theory. You just need to look at points per game for Lampard and go, hmm. Makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you, makes you think. <laughs> why have we given him this job? It's, it make, it's almost like before he had he was really propped up with a load of good by a load of good players and mm. then mm, take Pereira those away. Out, Lampard in. That's what I've always said. <laughs> Do you think it's causing Lampard a lot of stress? Yes. What makes you think that? His hair. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I say he is obviously a stressed man. <laughs> 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 
What was the particular stress that caused you to tip over the edge? I don't know. I was about 22. <laughs> but do you know what? I feel like I'm going to be, I embraced it more than Frank. Yeah. Frank will be upset about his. Yeah. Even though he's at an age where, you know, it, really, it, it suits you. I mean, and I only poke fun at it because it suits you. These things happen, don't they? Yeah. To, to you know, men in their 40s. Yeah. But, you know, Frank's getting a bit, yeah. a bit precious about it. If you just give it a little slap from behind. <laughs> You see him. Fine, that's a week's that's a week's wage. That's a week's wage that's cost you. Stop doing that, Rich Allison. <laughs> oh, that Rich Allison in that game. Funny. Anyway, we'll talk about uh, relegation watch in a little while. So I went to Chelsea Fan TV because yeah. I was I was actually trying to find some proper upset about the Brentford game because obviously they got they got dicked by the uh, bus stop in Hanslow and all that. They were sort of annoyed. It was funny, was that, wasn't it, by the way? We should say it was... I mean, I know that we wanted to sort of claw Brentford in, but equally, to see Chelsea getting absolutely dicked under the circumstances that they're under at the minute, like that that sense of injustice, like, why us? Why are you picking on us? It's like, mm. because of their owner. <laughs> I did watch a video. It was from joe.ie, you know, that website. Yeah. Just football and other stuff. Uh, they were chatting to Chelsea fans outside from a few weeks ago. I saw that, yeah, yeah. About and a woman saying, "I think Mr. Bramovich seems like a really nice seems like a really nice guy. I don't know why they're picking on him and stuff." You think, mm, "Is he though? Is he really a nice guy?" And just as you'd expect, huge amount of what about her. And then they chat to a Newcastle fan who says, "Yeah, I think it's absolutely right to sanction it, sanctioning him." <laughs> and then they ask him about their owners, and he goes, "It's just jealousy, isn't it? <laughs> that everyone wants our owners to get involved too." It's like, well, not not entirely, no. But anyway, hateful bunch of bastards. Get rid. Of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Chelsea are in the process of maybe being bought out by someone and yeah. the fans don't want him. Right. And I think they're doing, they're pretending they no, don't want... I, I don't want that billionaire, I want a better billionaire. They're pretending they don't want this person because right. of some comments, some racist comments he's previously made. Ah, it's a bit unfortunate. The reason they actually don't want him is because he runs American sports teams in a way that suggests he won't just pump billions of pounds into Chelsea endlessly. But anyway, there's, there's some talk about a protest in oh, this, which is bless just hearing the context. But there's a protest at 12pm protesting against a potential takeover by the Ricketts family. Really hoping that there's big numbers for this one because this protest matters a lot. Fans' voices do have a say, especially when it comes to this ownership. Apparently the government are considering um, not taking on the Ricketts as a response to all the backlash. So just need to keep standing on their necks and hopefully... Hopefully we can save ourselves because the Ricketts family takeover, we are so fucked. Bring it on. <laughs> Sounds quite serious though, doesn't it? That like they're gonna be so fucked. Yeah. If it oh my god, through. they might they might have to settle between fourth or fifth, maybe one year. Mm. Well, we will come on to Man United fans shortly. But then he goes to the protest and captures it and you can really you get a is real it, sense venomous, of the, the anger and the yeah. just the just the size of it. <sighs> Wow, that's it. They've really, they don't even know the words. Is that see what you made me do? I've had to stand up. <laughs> that'll, that'll scare them, won't it? That'll From scare the video, them. Off. I would estimate there are about forty people. Right. Some of them have got the the signs with on a bit of uh, unfolded Amazon box. You know, where they've written okay. no to Ricketts or something, which we should have had. Yeah. Say, can I have your shirt? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's the kind of... Flip it to, over. Flip it around, yeah. Can I have your shirt, please, Mason, or whatever. Uh, but that's good. So, I, so I, hope someone shit, I hope someone's shit comes in and they're just happy to tread water in the set, sort of like a, like Mike Ashley did with Newcastle, really, mm. and just exist. That's that's all I want. I want to see them just have to just exist, be mediocre and suffer. Give it back to Bates. Yeah. So this is where you came from. This is what it used to be like. Short memories. Yeah. yeah. The thing is with them, 
they definitely will be upset by the next owner because it's not somebody who's going to just chuck free money at it. Yeah, it's not going to be someone who will happily write off billions of pounds in all likelihood. And if if it is, then they'll get another bastard, mm. <laughs> which, which they're probably quite happy with, truthfully. Which which Leeds fans would have been as well. Yeah. No, it's worth saying at this point, if we'd been taken over by billionaires, lots of Leeds fans would be going, it's fine, don't really care where the money's come from. I think it seems like a good war we're having at the minute. Mm. No, not a problem with that, as long as we get um, a central midfielder in summer. But it's not happening to us, so let's let's laugh at them instead. Mm. Makes you think. Makes you think, it does, does. Next, um, next one then, come on, who's this? Oh, idiot bitch. Idiot bitch. This is um, So if you were listening a few weeks ago, this is the the Man United fan. With Man United fan, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who who tends to rant and says idiot bitch. <laughs> he called, he was calling I think he was calling Middlesbrough players an idiot bitch, or was the referee an idiot bitch? Mm. I can't remember. But here he is uh, watching Leicester score. So I think what happened, I don't watch news as well. Bro, oh what's great chance for Leicester! No, 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 no! And yeah, and the thing is I'm not even surprised anymore, bro. The what the fuck are they doing on the pitch? What is going on? I'm Fuck my life! <laughs> I mean in fairness, I've thought that so many times in Ellen Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with reason. Yeah. They're drawing one all with Leicester, eh? Leicester are a good team. They've won the league more recently than Scum, haven't they? Probably. Yeah. Definitely. Won the FA Cup last year. Yeah. They're, they're a bigger club. <laughs> Just accept it. More successful. More successful. Yeah. Better run. Better players. Better fans. Yeah. Less of a corporation. Exactly. Mm. Uh, and less uh, babies as fans, as we'll discover from this next man. Okay. This was, I don't know if this is, if it is Dill's football ramble or that was the TikTok account sharing this, but it kind of did the rounds. You know, on TikTok, I know we know Moscow tends to dabble, I, but I do have an account. Oh, okay. Because Moscow made you made me do it right. I, I, I don't really use it. You're I, you're young, Rob. I don't have an you're, account. You're under thirty years old. Surely you're on the TikToks and the Snapchats all the time. Yeah, I'm not sure if TikTok videos of me just sat at home eating crisps are what like the audience really wants. But uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. But I did look at this and I noticed that there was a. He said he was banned from posting in his profile now. So I don't know if they were particularly offended by this video or something. Oh, but... he, do, he does drop a C bomb in it. Oh, no, maybe, which maybe yeah. is part of the issue. Should we, should we bleep it out? I think I have. Okay, oh, bloody hell, you're, you're getting good at your job. Do you enjoy this? Oh, it's a ball in. Ian Acho. Fan-fucking-tastic. Kelechi and... I, I honestly, lads, do you know what? Fuck it. Fuck all of it. Fuck the lot of them. Old Trafford picture. Fuck it. Fuck the lot of this shit. Get it all fucking down. Get it all fucking down. Go on. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck right off. You useless fucking ass man. I cannot be arsed with this shit anymore. Good work. I cannot be bothered. There we go. <laughs> I can't be bothered. I had to take four scarves off my mum's box room wall. It's been right bad. He goes very Neil Warnock there. He goes, honestly, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets a picture of Old Trafford on his wall. Knocks it off. Oh, I like how he takes his scarves down very carefully, though, because he's got blue tack on the walls. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to rip the plaster off. My mum would kill me. <laughs> oh, dear me. Bless him. Poor lad. They drew that game anyway. I think that was... Um... Well, with a bit of VAR assistance. Well, yeah. Pathetic, isn't it? Anyway, that, that, wraps, that wraps it up, I think, doesn't it? We've, um, yeah, a bit, a, bit of a thin week. Yeah. Who, who have we got next? What? Wait, Watford fans aren't going to be angry, are they? I think they might be, because we potentially could... You know, this is the one they're going to be... They say, we need to win this one. So mm. if, we, if we go there and win it, it's going to really upset them. They're used to relegation, though. Mm. They'll take it on the chin. I've seen them take relegation and playoff final victory in much the same 
in the same way. They just sort of yeah. go, oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I there's yeah. another season yeah, next said year. It, I said it on one of the podcasts. Like, I remember getting the, the special train down from Leeds to Cardiff and the misery of being sat on that train platform uh, waiting just to get home. I didn't want to do anything. didn't want to go to the pub. Nothing. We just went and sat glumly on a train platform for about an hour and waited for the train to come and pick us up. The Watford lot were on the opposite platform. Just didn't give a shit. Mm. They'd just been promoted to the Premier League. If we'd have done that, and that was, you know, that was only a few years after we'd gone down. I mean, look at the way we we sort of celebrated. I know we were denied slightly by pan, the pandemic and stuff, but the pandemonium that followed from us finally getting back up. We would have gone back up then. We'd have absolutely taken the roof off the place. It'd have been amazing. They didn't seem to care. No. Just thinking, actually, the one time I've seen Watford fans sort of look happy and singing was that cup final when they were 6 0 down to Man City. And I think that was just because, in contrast to the City fans who were just clearly bored at Wembley for winning again, they thought, oh, we might as well do something, I guess. Do, do we wear the burden of football? This is probably a conversation for another day, but do we wear it a lot heavier than other teams? And I know we get into. I mean, I know this is getting into are we different fans to everybody else? Such a special club. Yeah, exceptionalism and all that bollocks. But I do wonder if sometimes it always a bit heavier on us. This like, means more. Yeah. yeah all... don't, don't go scouts. No, I'm not. Don't I'm not. I'm just, I just wonder if, if we suffer more for our for our football team. I don't know. Do we? Mm, I think we've been very shit for a long time. Right. I think that might be what you mean. Possibly. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that was not much fun. And I think, yeah, pro- um, because we the whole The whole combination of never winning anything yeah. and then being really terrible in and the... I think, yeah, probably because we haven't gone up and down, up and down and experienced it and gone, oh, well, fair enough and got used to it. Mm. It felt like the, the biggest monumental struggle to get back and that's why everyone's terrified this year about going down. There was probably an arrogance of thinking, well, we should just be there anyway. Mm. Which is true. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. Um, and if and in <laughs> Brentford, yes, you might have you might have beaten Chelsea 4-1, but truthfully... Does it mean anything? Truthfully, should you be there or should you return? Come back. Come home, Brentford. <laughs> Uh, makes you think doesn't it uh, that does wrap up propaganda for this week hopefully if we do get to Watford and win we'll have a bit more joy a bit more stuff to talk about when our um, magnificent marsh ball kicks into action and we dispatch them with a plum mm-hmm. shall we do that good thank you for watching thank you for listening we'll catch up with you on the main show that's going to follow uh, on Wednesday that will be out we'll speak to you then the square ball podcast 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 